0: Time. Why do we think of this as such a selective concept? Why do we decide we have time for some things, but not others? In short, we blame external forces for consuming hours of our daytime freedom, yet we freely force ourselves to become consumed by blaming the short daytime hours. You with me so far? What I mean is that it's easy for us to throw our hands up and claim we have no control over our lives, but it's much more difficult to take responsibility for our own behaviors and to put the brake pedal down on our daily life pace, which slightly represents that of a familiar blue Looney Tunes bird with blurry round legs. So when do we say enough is enough? Do we ever? Sometimes we don't, and our bodies take control. We get sick, we have panic attacks, we have bury the stress moments through self-destructive behaviors. Sometimes it takes multiple years of all of the above to finally allow ourselves to start living life because we realize we no longer have a choice. Today, we'll walk through the journey of my own father as he discusses his battles with cancer and how he's been slowly forced into not taking life for granted. We'll talk about how pure enjoyment of life is so closely tied to physical and mental health. And we'll talk about his past, present, and future journeys and not only battling disease, but also adventuring the world and living life. So while you listen today, remember everything you do is by choice every day. Don't let time be an excuse. Rather, it's time to excuse yourself from your everydays once in a while. It's Maria Elena and you are listening to Purple Hood Adventures podcast. I'm a travel obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion Purple Windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary but not the extraordinary. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to week four of Purple Hood Adventures podcast. I, um, I'm so happy to have everybody back, obviously, because we have a lot of fun, exciting stories and things to talk about today. Um, as we mentioned last week, there were a lot of different ways to start traveling. Um, I hopefully answered some good questions on how to get started with traveling. Um, I do want to share my Cambodia story with you that I promised last week that I would tell. Um, I know you all have been itching to hear it since I was so um, upset that I forgot to talk about it last week. So (laughs) real quick uh, before we get started, what happened was I was in the country of Cambodia and I'm thinking to myself, okay, wow, I'm getting to the airport on time, like early, which never happens for me. Um, I've got my passport ready. I haven't lost any paperwork I've got my my boarding pass ready to go my bus got there on time no flat tires this time I'm, I'm all thrilled with myself like man I'm way more put together than usual <laughs> so but you know obviously it's me and I knew I knew that it was me so I'm thinking to myself okay this seems too good to be true what's gonna happen I never have a normal day what's up this day's sleeve well, wouldn't you know, when I go up to the ticket counter to board my flight, the um, the ticket counter agent started giving me trouble because of my middle name. He started fretting over my middle name. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Like, I've never had a hard time with my middle name being on my boarding pass before. He was telling me that it didn't match my passport. And I'm thinking, okay, my passport doesn't have my middle name. That's not my fault. I, you know that the passport is the passport <laughs> so it's like i mean i didn't choose not to put my middle name on my passport anyway um and i and i told him i was like what the heck i've already i have never had this problem before and he's fretting over and over again about oh, elena elena it does not say elena like how do you get elena and by the way my middle name is elena um so in his mind um my passport did not match my boarding pass which apparently said marie elena Man, yes, and I'm thinking to myself, I just don't get it. Why? Why has this never been an issue? So he's sending me to all these different people to talk to. Of course, they don't really speak fluent English. I'm ready to cry for like an hour straight. And thinking to myself, here it is. This is what. This is what I knew would happen somehow. So eventually, they did actually let me on the plane, and they basically told me that if Thailand, where I was landing, turned me away, it was going to be um, I was going to have to buy another ticket, and I was not allowed to tell them that Siem Reap allowed me through <laughs> through the ticket counter and onto the plane. So, um, luckily, they did. They didn't even look at my boarding pass when I arrived in Thailand. But um, I'm thinking to myself, these people must be so anal. Why are they Why are they fretting so much over my middle name? So when I actually had the time later, I was. Looking at my passport and my boarding pass, and I realized that my actual last name, which is Menyes, never actually made it to my passport or made, made it to my uh, my boarding pass. Um, apparently, the my middle name got pulled automatically as my last name, so. Um, my My last name didn 't make it on there at all and i 'm thinking no wonder i no wonder I got in trouble. I mean my passport didn 't even match my boarding pass, and i was I was leaving the country so obviously that 's a problem, so I was immediately thankful that they let me through somehow. Um, word of advice always always make sure that your boarding pass matches your passport name i can 't emphasize that enough, and if you 're going to check um, or you're going to book your ticket through a third-party site, always double-check to make sure that the right names have been pulled automatically. So yes, um, obviously it would never be a normal day in my daily life. So um, gives me a good little story to tell later, right? all right so uh, before we get started as usual I'm going to recap my week Uh, today I'm actually going to play three different sounds and I want you to see if you can guess what they were they were sounds that occurred over my um, past few days so just go ahead and take a listen Okay so obviously that first sound was a cat. That was my cat Mustard. I had to take him down four hours to Cincinnati on Friday because my dad had to give him his medications while I was away in Somerset, Kentucky for a weekend and actually Mustard was a bit freaked out and the meowing did not cease for four hours straight. He was rocking around the entire carrier in my passenger seat. He actually bit me at one point, and he's got these little caps on his claws. Um, they're green and sparkly. Well, those caps were flying through the holes and, like, falling on my lap. It was quite the sight to see, and I pretty much almost lost my mind. That was my Friday. Um, the second sound was some good tunes from my friends Kara and Ryan's wedding that I was in on Saturday. I was a bridesmaid. They obviously pl- they picked some good music. Um, And the third one was, believe it or not, a pontoon boat in Somerset, Kentucky. My husband volunteered to be the captain. We even bought him a little captain's hat and he obviously had no business being captain because he crashed the boat into the dock at one point. (laughs) So yes, that is a, um, a typical day in our lives. So obviously never a dull moment, right? all right everybody so i'm actually in cincinnati this week visiting my dad which is one of the reasons i wanted to interview him today i'm in a bit of a different closet in fact the clothes in this closet are much older than 2003 and the closet probably hasn't been cleaned out for over two decades so you do the math i have no idea what's in here um Actually, more like what's not in here because there's way more than just clothes in here. So I'll have to send you a visual at some point if you're interested. Um, So like I said today in my intro, I do want to talk about um, people and taking the time to do what they love and pursuing passions and, you know, interacting with friends and family because so much of us get caught up in this daily routine um, and we don't take the time to do what drives us in life. So how many how many times do you hear somebody say, hey, let's get together sometime or let's make it happen. Let's make a date. But then it never happens. How many? I mean, I'm guilty of that. I think everybody is. But, you know, I do try to to follow through with plans. And even if you feel like you're busy, you're never that busy. You're just choosing to do something else. You're choosing to you know do do more stuff in your daily routine, so um you know there 's nothing wrong with having a routine, but a lot of times we forget about what we really need in life, and we stop uh, remembering you know our passions and we stop we stop doing the things that we love because we feel like we don 't have time and I want to talk to you all today about how. You know, sometimes, um, sometimes it takes a wake up call to really realize. Hey, you know what? I I want to be doing this. Um, you know, I've I've unfortunately met a lot of people in my life who have, you know, had diseases or gotten sick or hadn't, you know, had issues go on where it takes that event to wake up and say, hey, you know, I wanted to do this in my life, so I'm going to go do it now. Or, um, you know, let me uh, let me have this rekindle with my old friend from college. You know. Why can't we do that without having an event like that? My goal is to help you all do that before, before something like that happens. Um, and I think it's very important just to talk about and to help ourselves wake up and start pursuing what really drives us in life and taking that time to travel if that's what we love. And, you know, Taking time to write if we love to write. Taking time to fulfill our lives with things that we enjoy. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um I will warn you, my dad is a bit of a talker, so I apologize for the length of this podcast. Um, him and I are pretty pretty similar, which you'll see. um I also talk a lot in case you haven't already noticed that <laughs> so um yes, so he he has quite a few stories up his sleeve. Um and uh it's funny because when I'm interviewing him he actually has a lot of cats around him. I'm actually recording this intro after I've already done the interview in case you haven't guessed um but yeah he's got like five cats on his lap during this during this interview. He loves cats. So uh he was very pleased to take care of Mustard this weekend. All right everybody um and I without further ado we'll start our interview. All right, everybody, I'm sitting here in my living room in Cincinnati with my, um, my dad here. And hello. Yes, say hello.
1: hello. Hello, everybody.
0: This is um, his first time doing a podcast, and I just actually asked him to do it yesterday. He's smiling. He's very excited, aren't you, Dad?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm hoping it'll <laughs> be my last time I do a
0: podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you actually know what a podcast is?
1: Yeah, sort of.
0: What do you think it is
1: something where you record something and people listen to it
0: that's oh well it. that's that 's pretty much right on all right, so first before we start asking, I have just a few questions here today, and of course, obviously a lovely little game at the end. I would never leave you without some good old fashioned entertainment um, so i 'm first going to have him introduce himself, so Dad, go ahead and tell us tell our audience a little bit about who you are. And your, um, just like your childhood, your interests, things like that. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) Well, I'm 65 years old, almost 66, so there's a lot to cram in there. I'm going to tell you my life story.
0: Yeah, just a little life story.
1: I'm an only child. Uh, My dad was in the Air Force. We moved around a lot, which I think probably inspired in me a little bit of the enjoyment of traveling around the country. Um... Uh, I've never really quite known what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I started out in, uh, after uh, I got out of high school, I didn't want to go to college right away because I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I joined the Army. I got out of the Army and went to college, but I still didn't know what I wanted to do, so I took psychology. I worked in a psychiatric hospital with adolescents for a while. Uh, Then, uh, Took some time off of that to try to work on a writing career, but didn't go as far as I would have liked to with that.
0: But you do a meetup group. Well, it's not a meetup group, but you're. Well,
1: yeah, I still attend a writers group, and I've had a couple things, little things, published, and so anyway. So I'm still going to try to work on that, but I did have to give it up for a number of years. And then I became a social worker for a while, and when that didn't pay any money, or I decided to become a software engineer. And that's what I've done for the last 20 years.
0: Yes, it's very- Which is a
1: job that I love.
0: Yes, very complicated, for me anyway, looking at all that programming, but it's definitely uh, been a good fit for him. And um, he's been starting to do some writing again, right? With that, um, the writing, what is it called? Cincinnati Writers Project, is that?
1: Cincinnati Writers Project, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've actually gone to a few of those. They're really, really fun. All right, so that was a little brief history of my dad here. Um, I'm going to start with some questions here. We're going to kind sure. of first talk about what's been going on this year. So I want to know, well, I already kind of know, but our audience here, um, what has it been like for you since you've been diagnosed with cancer back in March, and how do you feel that it's changed your life?
1: Uh, well, you know, when I, when I when first I, I, I didn't know that I had cancer at the first part. I just knew that there was something seriously wrong with me with some of my blood work. So that scared me pretty much and made me feel like I was going to die soon. But then uh, when the diagnosis finally came and we started talking about treatment things, I started to become a little bit more optimistic. I have prostate cancer that's metastasized to the bone. Uh, five-year survival rate is about 30%. But... um I'm trying to be on the optimistic side. Uh, I'm hoping I'm going to be in that 30%, and maybe by the time we get that far, there'll be some new treatments coming down the road. Uh, what was the question again
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how do you feel it's changed your life and by the way that um that hope is an actual um that will happen we've already determined so yeah, yeah. that's that's not a hope that's an actual will happen well, we've yeah. we've decided anyway <laughs> you
1: still have to kind of prepare for the worst though
0: right and hope you know, for the psychologically, best
1: psychologically yeah that's true well, you know it's impacted my life in a you know dramatic way of course uh like right now, I'm not working anymore. I decided to, uh, I'm on some disability and some social security. Uh, so I'm, yeah, so I'm not working anymore. I just for the last several months I've been going through treatment with chemotherapy and various kinds of hormone therapy, uh, suppress my to- testosterone, which the cancer supposedly feeds off of. Uh, I've had, I've tolerated that all pretty well, but it does kind of wear me out, and, and uh, that's pretty much it.
0: Okay. I'm
1: hoping that uh, once the chemo gets out of my, I had my last chemo a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yay! <laughs> Celebration.
1: Yeah. And I'm hoping that once all of that poison gets out of my system, that maybe I'll start to feel a little more energetic and.
0: Tasty poison. Kind of right? back,
1: yeah. Kind of back <laughs> to normal a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, all the treatment has helped certain aspects. I had terrible back pain for a while because of the metastasis to the bone. That seems to have improved, but then I've gotten some other symptoms. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, um, the the next question here kind of goes along with that. It's, um, you know, how do you feel like you're doing things now? enjoying life wise more than you were before you know how do you feel like that has changed you know being forced to take time off work to spend um you know you're doing more do you feel like you're doing more things that you know that you're enjoying in life like you know hobbies and how do you feel about that
1: well I kind of like not working I have to do I have to say I kind of like not working of course uh <clears throat> I like to be able to take a nap in the afternoon. And oh, partly, wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah, and partly I kind of need to take naps. I, you know, I get tired a lot easier than I did before. And and uh, my, my feet are pretty badly swollen most of the time, so it's helpful to lay down for a period of time in the afternoon to kind of ease that up. Uh, but uh, you know, like I say, I'm kind of hopeful for the future that I, you know, I have some life left ahead of me and I'm hoping, again, that with the chemo kind of working its way out of my body, that I'll start to feel a little bit better and a little more normal and some of those good things. And I'm hoping to get to the point where I can actually appreciate my time off a little bit more. Uh, I, I think I am trying to trying to get back into the riding habit and... Uh, done some things like i like to build models i used to build models plastic models of airplanes when i was a kid yeah and
0: tell them what tell them what so, type of models you've been you've been making
1: I, I like world war ii planes
0: ah yes we actually have a huge plethora of them up on the mantle i'm looking at them right now and they are quite extraordinary i must say so it's been nice for you having that time to do those you promised yourself you'd always get back into that right well as a kid.
1: yeah i always thought well what am i going to do when i retire to make you know to to fill up all the free time i'm gonna have uh so that was just one of the little hobby things i used to enjoy as a kid and it's kind of fun to kind of do those things again kind of reliving a little bit of your childhood yeah except uh except models are so much more expensive these days of
0: course right you know, model, kids just don't my, appreciate them a model, <laughs> a
1: model i could buy for 75 cents when i was a kid and is now like 30 dollars
0: <laughs> now they're hard to come by there's probably apps for that oh, now you, right <laughs>
1: like, well you can buy them online and there are a couple of hobby stores around town but um you know it used to be that everybody had models you could go anywhere and you could buy models and now it's just harder to find them
0: well, okay. So let me let me ask you this: Do you think that you know um, having time that you've spent um, doing things that you enjoy? Maybe what about what about connections with others, like friends and family? Have you have you noticed yourself connecting with them more? On you know, in addition to that.
1: Well, I I have been connecting a lot more with uh, sort of fam- some family members. They actually have been more connecting with me. Like uh, my Uncle Tom, with whom I've had kind of an estranged relationship all my life, just because of the way he is. Uh, He's been calling me about every week, uh, wants me to come out and visit him in Oregon, which I would probably like to do sometime before the end of the year, before the weather gets too cold.
0: I'm going to that.
1: Wow. And uh, I do have, you know, sometimes I do hang out with the co-workers, Uh, We get together. Uh, They invite me out for lunch and uh, sometimes have lunch with my old boss um, before the company was sold. And uh, just this last weekend, I drove up to Lake Erie to hang out with an old college buddy of mine, who I very rarely saw in the past, so maybe I'll be able to see more of him.
0: Good old Kelton. Oh, gosh. All the pranks he used to play when I was a kid, I just remember. I don't even remember what they were, but I just remember some terrible terrible pranks <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Kevin and i uh, go way back
0: <laughs> to say the least um do you think that you know your connections with other people getting back into things that you've enjoyed do you think that that's helped improve your positive outlook and your overall just like success rate i mean i i sort of feel that those things are sort of closely <laughs> intertwined do you do you agree with that do you think that you know that's sort of helped you along the way Having well, that you
1: know I think one of the things that helped me along the way is uh a lot of people have told me that they would pray for me
0: that's right
1: and uh I think that's been working because you know technically speaking uh, uh my p s a level is down to less than point 0.1 which wahoo! is
0: wahoo he's a model patient they say
1: that's that was the goal of the treatment and uh that means that my cancer is technically in a kind of remission state.
0: Yay! So
1: uh, that uh, increases the odds I'm in that 30% that I talked about a minute ago.
0: Yes, so, so. I I think just having that um, that sense of support is uh, huge. You know, you hear about people saying that all the time.
1: Yeah, everybody that I know of has been very supportive, and uh, it's nice to hear that. So yeah,
0: good. Um, what do you do? You, do you think that sometimes people do need something like this to happen to be able to connect with people or to remind themselves, you know, that they, you know, about the things that they enjoy in life? Like, what do you think? It can sometimes be difficult for people to, um, you know, spend time with friends and family. You know, make that contact without having something occur like this. Do you do you, do you see a trend well, ever?
1: Well, you know, I mean. When everything was good with my health you know i had to work 40 hours a week and you know i didn't worry too much about having too much contact with people i just didn't have a lot of time for it, it was
0: sometimes the, get caught up with that that time stuff
1: right yeah and then you know i often had to work after hours support and things like that so oh joy so <laughs> getting cancer has certainly freed up a lot of time for other things and uh still uh you know i'm still working on the getting some of my energy back however so
0: we're going for walks every day so that's and the zoo too yeah the zoo we forgot to talk about the zoo you've been going to the zoo sometimes well sometimes you got that pass so
1: yeah i bought a uh before (laughs) i knew i had cancer i bought a i bought a membership to the zoo because
0: so that he could get in and buy so i
1: could get in and buy some things for my daughter
0: some penguin pajama pants for my husband because as apparently a, as
1: a present, yeah.
0: Yeah, apparently you had to pay admission in order to get to the gift shop. So yeah, I
1: had to pay admission to get to the gift shop, but it was too cold that day to actually visit the zoo. So I said, well, let's buy a membership and then use it sometime this year. And I have used it a couple times, so uh, and I get to bring a guest, so uh, so Maria went with me. No, yeah, I went. A with times. me once. One time, and then another time, Marie-Lena and Dan uh, came down, and we went to the zoo, which happened to be on uh, what was that? Uh, what day was that? Memorial Day was that? Not uh,
0: Memorial Day. Not Memorial day. day? It oh, it was Fourth July. of July. That's when it was.
1: Right, yeah. the day that we went down there, <laughs> they uh, they let veterans in for free. <coughs> so I went up to the counter and got a free uh, pass for Veterans Day, which I then gave to Dan. And then Marie Lannick and I got in my pat in with my pass, so all three of us got to go to the zoo for no cost
0: oh, we 're going to have plenty of stories to talk about pat or uh, passes here in a little bit in another, another question. Um, But real quick, I do want to shift gears here. I want um, you to tell some of our listeners about your favorite travel memories, because my dad here has done a lot of traveling, um, you know, through the army when he was in the army with my mom. Um, He's been all over the map, actually. So tell me some of your favorite, um, your favorite past travels and some travel stories that you have.
1: Well, I haven't exactly been all over the map. There's still a lot of, more than I have. N- no, I wouldn't even say that because <laughs> you've been to some places that I want to go to that I haven't been, like Machu Picchu. But I have been to some places that that well, actually, you can't go any to anymore in, in a way, in a manner of speaking. Um, but yeah, like I said before, you know, I kind of grew up. My dad was in the Air Force. We moved around a lot, so I got to see different parts of the country. Every year we used to take a road trip back to Cincinnati, Uh, and I always enjoyed just being on the road. Uh, I got lucky when I joined the Army that I got to be stationed in Germany for a couple years in a very historic uh, Nuremberg community. Uh, I actually was stationed in Firth, Germany, which was the birthplace of Henry Kissinger. If any of your young people know who that was, he was the uh, Secretary of State under Richard Nixon. Um after I got out of the army I, I my parents were actually my dad was still in the Air Force at that time and he had been transferred also to Germany while I was there. So it was kind of funny because while I was in Germany, um I was the only person who could actually go home on a three day pass. <laughs> it was just taking a train across the other side of Germany where they were staying. So that was kind of funny
0: nice you can just hop on a train over there Hop on
1: the train and go visit my parents
0: (laughs) i miss those i miss those uh those bullet trains the ice trains well i guess they did they have those on those those ice bullet trains the really fast ones
1: well they had express trains i I don't you know the ones that you're you're thinking about the really high speed rails that are in like japan
0: well no no there was they were in germany too did you ever go on those
1: oh I went on some express trains. I don't know if I'd call them the bullet trains or the high-speed trains. I don't think they were at that time.
0: Yeah, Maybe not then.
1: Yeah, was still, that was still the early 70s. But uh, you know, after I got out of the Army, I went back to Europe the next year uh, and bought a student rail pass, went to visit my parents, and then I took the student rail pass and kind of traveled all over on that for a while. Uh, and then while i was there also uh, my dad and i took a side trip to east germany which is kind of one of those places i mentioned that you can't really visit anymore you can go to the same towns but they're not east germany anymore but back in that day it was you know the berlin wall was still there we had to enter east germany through checkpoint charlie uh, which was kind of an interesting thing from a historical point of view um and we, you know, we cross over from this very well-to-do West Berlin area, and we travel into East Germany and go into stores there, and there'd be, like, nothing on the shelves. <laughs> so you really kind of got to see, you know, a little bit of a—got a hint of what it was like to be in a communist country
0: it's crazy because when I studied abroad I studied in Leipzig Germany which was East Germany but you know not really East Germany anymore it wasn't communist East Germany
1: Germany had already been united reunited at that point so yeah it wasn't communist anymore and you didn't have to have anything special to get there you didn't have to go through the the guards who would look at you like you were from a different planet (laughs) (laughs) and you didn't have to be quite so afraid of the security forces
0: how about um how about that bike that bike journey you were telling me about on easter that one that where you biked where, where were you canada oh, I think,
1: yeah, you... that's true that was an interesting travel experience i uh took my bicycle i was out of college at that point and i was very interested in bicycling and i wanted to kind of do some bicycling around the country so uh, i took my bicycle on a train up to montreal canada And I was planning on just doing some bicycling up there and taking the train back. But what I ended up doing was um, taking taking my bike and biking up from Montreal to Quebec City. And then I decided, well, what the heck, I'm just going to bicycle all the way home back to Cincinnati. So that's what I did. I came back down through Montreal again and along the St. Lawrence Seaway and stopped in Toronto for a few days and had quite a few adventures along the way, you know, a couple times it start raining really hard and people, uh, like I remember somebody out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, it was raining real hard, it was getting late in the day, and some people just offered me a garage to sleep in for the night, then uh, I remember just outside of Columbus, just north of Columbus, or actually in Columbus, but it was on the north side. Um, My bicycle kind of broke down. I lost a bunch of spokes in the back tire. And I really couldn't go any further without replacing the spokes. So I was sitting outside of some fast food place. It was getting late in the evening thinking, what the hell am I going to do now? (laughs) (laughs) What what am I going to do? This guy came up to me and uh, he started talking to me about uh, biking. And it turned out his brother had actually done some bicycling and had bicycled up to uh, Alaska uh, and had actually been written up in National Geographic magazine. So he was very helpful to me because he took me to his house and let me spend the night there, and in the morning got me to a bike shop where I could buy a freewheel remover, which I did not have on me. Oh, boy. So I could take off the rear gear. Uh, and have access to the tire in order to be able to replace the spokes that had broken
0: lucky break there it sounds like very, something that well, would happen I mean, to it
1: me just, it was very serendipitous you know that that this guy should happen to be there right when I was uh, broken down and he would engage me and he sort of saved my butt
0: this is how I know we're related by the way because <laughs> I often have these really random serendipitous moments on my travels when I have ridiculous events that occur so this must be genetic i think
1: well yeah you know that's one of the interesting things about traveling is you meet interesting people and characters along the way
0: oh many characters (laughs) yeah
1: i mean like uh when i had my url pass in europe i remember i was taking the train into barcelona and on the train into barcelona i met this woman she was a couple years older than me two or three years older than me she was an ex-nun And we got to talking, and it turned out she had graduated uh, grade school from the same grade school I went to, Nativity, which is right up the
0: street. I also went there.
1: (laughs) And Marilena went to Nativity. So it was kind of funny that I'd run into somebody from Nativity in Barcelona. Yeah, so random. So I hung out with her for a couple days, and that was very nice. She was a very nice person. Uh, She liked olives a lot.
0: Ooh, good good woman.
1: She she really liked olives. And Barcelona is, of course, famous for olives. They are so yes, they are so um, so yeah so um, so for a couple days while I hung out with her, I ate some olives. That was the only time. It it was the only time in my life I (laughs) I I enjoyed olives for about three days.
0: Black or green? That's the question. Uh,
1: I can't remember what colors they were. Boy, but uh, and then uh, on the same trip, uh, I took a train from Madrid down to. The southern part of Spain, and I was just going to cross over into Morocco. I was going to try to take the boat from southern Spain over into Morocco uh, to Tangier, just for a couple of days, just to say I'd been to Africa. And actually, this was that was no, that was the first trip. This was my second trip to Morocco because so I had traveled into Morocco on that trip and had spent several weeks there, traveling around with a couple of Swedish babes. <laughs> that that was fun. Um and then this was my second trip down there. Got on the train in Madrid and uh got into this one compartment where this uh this uh I had long hair and a beard and all that good stuff. <laughs> Still know. do. Well
0: Well for the most part other than yeah,
1: the the bald the head at this point. Yeah, the the, ke- <laughs> the chemos affected my hair but
0: just the top.
1: Well, you know, I can't grow a beard, so right now I'm kinda clean shaven but soon. <laughs> Anyway, I got into this compartment where there was this uh, hippie-looking dude, with, also with long hair, long dark hair and a dark black beard, and kind of nodded to each other as I went into the, got into the compartment. And then we were quiet, we didn't really talk or anything, while well, we, the train pulled out of the station and we started going along and I pulled out a book from my backpack to read and then i looked over at him and discovered he was reading the exact same book i was no
0: way i yeah. didn't know that <laughs> yeah. what was the book
1: he was reading the same book i was which was uh, the book was journey to ishlan um by carlos castaneda and if you know who that is um uh it's a book about uh uh well i guess i'd call it a spiritual journey kind of a book oh boy um there's a lot of drug taking involved oh, but
0: man. my dad but, lived the, through the 60s let's be <laughs>
1: but the focus but the real focus is is in uh, the, the spiritual aspects of his experience you know and that's that's the important part of the book it's not so much about the drugs it's more about the spirituality and uh seeing things in a different way and looking at the world in a different way so we got to talking um you know, about the book and the whole series and a whole bunch of metaphysical, philosophical kinds of stuff. And, you know, we were really hitting it off quite nicely. And uh, after about three hours of talking and stuff like that, it was really kind of funny because, you know, like I say, we were getting along really well. And all of a sudden the door to our compartment uh, slides open and there's this big burly Spanish guy standing in the compartment holding a knife.
0: Oh, God.
1: And he's under one, in one hand, and under his arm, in the other other arm, he's got a watermelon. What? Yeah. He starts jabbering. I thought
0: that was going somewhere completely different. He,
1: he starts jabbering to us in Spanish, we're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he finally, he just sets the watermelon down, takes his knife, slices the watermelon in half, gives it to us, and then walks back out of the room. <laughs>
0: oh, boy. So
1: we kind of thought that was... Uh, 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 a spiritual clue that we should hang out together.
0: Well, I guess. If watermelons <laughs> are pretty spiritual. The
1: Watermelon I mean. Man, yeah. I, I, I kind of wrote a story based on that incident that I called the Watermelon Man. <laughs> um, so and we ended up hooking up and traveling around in Morocco for a couple of weeks together.
0: What did the having bo-
1: some all sorts of wild adventures.
0: What did the Border Patrol say to you? What, what, what happened? There's something.
1: Uh, what yeah, did they well, say? Well, we got... The first time I went to Morocco, um, I had crossed at Ceuta, which was actually owned by Spain. It's a little place on the Moroccan coast that's owned by Spain. And I crossed into Morocco from there and didn't have any issues. The second time when me and Matthew went down, the gentleman I met on the train with the, with the watermelon man. Um,
0: watermelon man. Right.
1: We, we took the boat to Tangier. Well, when we got to Tangier, they took one look at us and said, "You got long hair and beards. You're here for no good. We don't want you."
0: Didn't he say like, "We don't want your. Ki- we know your kind." Yeah,
1: they didn't want us. You know, we were hippies, and they thought we were there for
0: up to no f- good. for
1: drugs, basically. You know, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of marijuana, a lot of hashish and stuff comes from Morocco. Well, I
0: mean, me. you did have a watermelon, so you know. They,
1: they thought we were up to no good. Uh, so they, they wouldn't let us come in in Tangier. So we had to take the boat all the way back to, um, can't remember the name of the port. Oh, Algeciras, no. Algeciras? Is that the port? No, or not, that's a different town in Morocco. So Anybody they sent you back. To, back to Southern, yeah, back to, back to Southern, uh, Spain. And then we had to grab another boat and go to Ceuta and cross again there like I had the first time. But we, we had some interesting adventures traveling around together.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. My dad is full of stories, by the way. He's like, I think every time I see him, I hear another Morocco, crazy, yeah, Morocco, crazy story. Yeah,
1: Morocco was a great place to visit. It's I got one of my bucket in, lists. Uh, Marrakech Express down to Marrakech. Marrakesh is a really interesting town. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's got the Jamal Fna, which is a, a big square in the center of the old part of uh Marrakech. And you know, you get to see what life was like, uh, well, not thousands of years ago, but maybe a hundred years ago or so. Um, very old time, you got your storytellers and your snake charmers and your people doing magical tricks in there for entertainment, and,
0: and not in Hollywood type,
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was, you know, it's very exotic being in third world country
0: so cool that's definitely on my list i do i do want to talk to our audience about our road trips out out west um now my dad is very excited about one particular thing on our road trips that he acquired for ten dollars why don't you tell them what it was
1: (laughs) yeah well you know we've taken road trips we've we've taken road trips the last like three years or so not this year because of you know my diagnosis and all that stuff but three years prior. So the first trip that we took, Maria and I, um, we started just heading out west. I would bought a new car, a Jeep Patriot, just for the trip, since my Cavalier had too many miles on it. You and got I
0: pulled remember. over twice?
1: <laughs> I got a ticket once.
0: Oh well, yeah, that was because of speeding, but the yeah. second time was because the lights anyway, weren't
1: on. and our first real stop anywhere for sightseeing purposes was the Badlands, which was... Uh, I can't remember if that's actually northern South Dakota. Or South Dakota. Yeah, it's northern South Dakota. Anyway, we pulled into the gate there, and you had to pay an admission charge. And uh, I can't remember if I asked about senior discounts or anything like that. I think I did.
0: You always do, so, yeah, I think you did.
1: Yeah, and, and the woman there said, well, yeah, you can buy this senior pass, uh, but you have to be 62. And I said, well, that's great because I just turned 62 like Six months ago, so I bought this senior pass for 10 bucks, and I think the admission price to the Badlands was 15. It was, yeah. So, uh, so we got in for 10 bucks instead of 15. But then the senior pass, it turns out, is good for your life, (laughs) it's good for all the national parks in the country. Once you have the pass, you can get into all the parks for free so for the rest of that trip we uh we got into uh
0: yellowstone we
1: got into yellowstone we got into devil's tower we got into um Mount Mount Rushmore, 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 yeah. but we had to pay for parking we got into the uh what was the lava place
0: oh what was um that place well we went to devil's tower Is it, are you talking about that
1: no no we went to remember it, this was in idaho
0: oh yeah
1: the, um, um, the lava i can't remember the name of the
0: craters thing. of the moon that's craters what it was of the
1: moon, yeah craters of the moon and uh maybe one or two other places i don't remember which
0: and we used it on our um our trips after that too yeah, so.
1: after that yeah you know, the second trip
0: tell everybody that. what you say every time somebody <laughs> asks you about this the every senior time pass. I pull into,
1: every time i pull into the gate in the national park he says I'd show him my pass and I'd say, Man, that's the best ten dollars I've ever spent in my life. Um, you know. And if you're a senior doing any kind of traveling in national parks, I would definitely recommend getting it, although it's not ten dollars anymore. No, it's, it's like up, ninety now. It's gone up to at least eighty because after shortly after I bought it, um, one of the park um Employees told me that I was pretty lucky in getting it then because within the next couple of months it was going to go up to eighty dollars, and now as Marie Elena says, it might even be more than that.
0: It's still well, well worth it oh, if it's you're going still to go well to, worth
1: like, it, yeah. yeah. Because you know, I, I mean, you know, the Badlands was fifteen uh, for entry. I think uh, Grand Canyon is like thirty. Yellowstone was like thirty. So, you know, the savings really add up. And I think even if you're not, you know, old like me. I think uh, if you're planning on hitting a lot of them in a short period of time, I think you can buy passes that are that are good for like a year. They're not as cheap as what I got, certainly, but but you know you can save money by buying a pass if you're i think if you're expecting to hit a lot of them in a short period of time
0: speaking of national parks tell our listeners some of the parks that we've been to that you liked like what were some of your favorites well, that we did
1: yeah a lot of, i mean you know there's there's a whole bunch of national parks that just have great things you know i mean obviously devil's tower it's a famous you know from close encounters of the third kind um Yellowstone is a great park to visit, lots of volcanic activity there, lots of things to see, Old Faithful, of course.
0: Keep in mind, uh, though, it's a lot colder up there than it is down below. Yeah, we and... went there at
1: the end of May, and we had planned to do a little bit of camping, you know, we had a tent and some other things like that, so we stayed at the campground in Yellowstone and... Uh, <laughs> got up in the morning and our tent was covered in snow
0: it was really cold so make sure you bring your blankets (laughs) my water bottle was frozen it was sitting outside the um the tent yeah
1: it was really cold i mean i slept in my clothes we barely had enough blankets to keep us warm it was wonderful to get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom because the bathroom was heated so (laughs) you go to there you'd hang out for a little while as long as possible (laughs) just to warm up a little bit so yeah, it stays gets pretty cold there. Uh, probably doesn't really warm up that much until you're well into the summer, I guess.
0: And be careful of those buffalo.
1: Because of, of the altitude.
0: <laughs> or the bison, I should say.
1: Yeah, well, there's lots of wild animals there to see. We saw lots of bison on the road. We saw some bear, uh, some, some
0: fox, crop, things, goats, like that.
1: and things like that. So there's a lot of wildlife there, in addition to the geologic. Uh, formations that are pretty cool that you don't get to see really anywhere else.
0: <clears throat> Some other places <laughs> that we have visited, um, like uh, Carlsbad Caverns, that was a hidden gem. It's um,
1: well, no, no, Carlsbad Caverns wasn't a hidden gem. Well,
0: I guess well, because
1: that's a very famous caverns. Yeah,
0: but, but it's not something
1: gem. The hidden, the one that was called. A
0: oh yeah, gem yeah, yeah. Tell tell them about in, that.
1: Was in Utah, which was Dead Horse Point
0: actually a state park but it's actually like the mini that grand just, canyon state park moab utah
1: and and my pass wasn't really good for that but there wasn't anybody at the entrance so i could we could have gotten in for free but
0: they were like yeah donations if you want Donation, and it,
1: but it didn't say how much so I, it was weird i donated i can't remember it was five or ten bucks or something like yes,
0: that. yes don't miss don't miss there if you're going to go to moab and of course yeah, the if stars you're, if
1: you're around moab to see uh the arches which are, which are pretty cool that that park there which is a national park we didn't get into that one for and if free. you
0: like stargazing go there at night because that was really pretty yeah, Remember yeah, we looked yeah, the
1: stars? yeah 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 it gets pretty dark there out in the countryside so you can do some nice stargazing there if it's clear uh, but dead horse point is definitely a, a a nice one to visit it's like uh it's kind of like uh seeing the grand canyon smaller version of the grand canyon
0: yeah that was cool
1: yeah that was that was very nice and, of course, you know, we've been to the Grand Canyon, Mount Zion, Bryce Canyon, which is very nice. I like Bryce Canyon a lot. Uh, and, of course, Carlsbad Caverns is huge. I mean, I've never, you know, I've been to some caves in my life, but nothing like the Carlsbad Caverns. I mean, that that thing is that All thing is other
0: huge. caves pale in comparison all to other, there. <laughs>
1: all other caves just pale in comparison. I mean, it's so big, they've got this, this whole gift shop area down below hundreds of feet below the ground um it's like a like a little not like a little town but they've got a lot of gift shops and it's crazy
0: bathrooms under there it's like a huge thing
1: yeah uh, all underground in the caves so it's
0: and and my dad mentioned mount zion and again i'll say don't forget to buy your lovely purple windbreaker and travel it around everywhere with you because you know It's like the best kind of jacket. (laughs) Um, Real quick, I do want to ask, where are some of the places that you'd like to visit, like some travel destinations that you would still, like, really like to visit? I know we've talked about at least a couple that you are really into. What do you think?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to mention one of the other travels that I did make in in the past is uh, when I worked in adolescent psychiatry, um, I was friends with a nurse there who... uh, (laughs) had gotten some flyer about a psychiatric nursing trip to the Soviet Union because this was still in the early 80s when the Soviet Union was still a thing. And she talked about maybe wanting to go on that, so I said, heck, I'd like to go with you. So. um,
0: This is why we're related. (laughs) (laughs) And people wonder why I get the way I am.
1: (laughs) So I signed up for this this tour of psychiatric nurses to go visit the Soviet Union. And uh, just like a month before the trip was supposed to go off, um, there was an airliner that was shot down by the Soviet Union, and uh, and uh, she ended up canceling her trip. Her boyfriend didn't want her to go. He was worried about what might happen to her if she went, so I ended up going without her. And uh, that was fun because I got to... You got to stop at Helsinki, Finland, along the way.
0: Ooh, I've always which wanted to visit. It's a
1: nice there. little town, a nice little city. It's
0: the capital too.
1: Yeah, and then I got to visit Moscow, uh, Kiev. We flew down to uh, Baku. We flew down to uh, Tbilisi, which is a little town in Georgia, which was actually the birthplace of Stalin.
0: It's actually the uh, isn't it the capital now? I think Tbilisi.
1: Well, yeah, Tbilisi, I guess.
0: All I only know that because I memorized every yeah, capital in the world at one point.
1: Yeah, it's the capital of Georgia, um, and then also we got I got to go to Azerbaijan, Ooh. which was in Armenia. And what's cool about that is, in the distance across the border, you can see Mount Ararat in the distance. You know, the the fabled landing place of Noah's Ark. You know, as legend would have it so uh anyway that was an experience going to the so the old soviet union uh going in red square in moscow and seeing uh, lenin's body vladimir lenin's body outside the kremlin we actually got into the kremlin also got to take a tour of the kremlin but seeing uh lenin's body in his little glass coffin was kind of cool that is cool and uh Cross Red Scroll oh, and St. Basil's, which is the famous domed church uh, that was built by Ivan the Terrible, the Tsar Ivan the Terrible, uh, many, 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 many centuries ago, and
0: My dad here is also a walking encyclopedia for anybody that didn't know this. He does read a lot, and I always joke to people, I say, you know how when you're a kid, you think your parents know everything, and then you grow up and you find out they don't? Well, my favorite thing to tell everybody is that I grew up and I found out my dad does indeed know everything, so. (laughs) Well,
1: I wish I didn't know everything. (laughs)
0: Mostly everything.
1: (laughs) I do try to know a lot, anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah, St. Basil's, the famous dome church that you often see pictures of that in the Terrible built and then had the uh, architects killed so that they couldn't build the same thing again for somebody else uh, but there's a was a department store on the red square also called gum gm and that's where I bought my first fisherman's cap and I've been wearing fisherman's caps ever since
0: it's <laughs> true and our it, my grandpa did too right didn't grandpa what? The fisherman's caps. Didn't he used to no, wear those? No, my,
1: my, my dad was never into wearing hats.
0: I thought he did for some reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was just from the zoo or something.
1: Well, he did wear a hat to the zoo. He,
0: he was obsessed the, with a um, zoo yeah, fisherman's hat.
1: Wear, uh, yeah, he did wear... He did, Well, he wore a more of a floppy kind of a hat. Oh. Um, not, it was not a fisherman's cap. I'm talking about a so, Greek fisherman's cap. Oh, okay. So, anyway. So, the question was what...
0: <laughs> well, the question was actually, "Where do you want to go next?" <laughs> My dad, as you see, and he says he has been less places than me. That is not a true. There's <laughs> a lot
1: of places I haven't been.
0: Let's talk about where you'd like to go here. You know, there's cause... A lot
1: of places I haven't been. Just a ton of. I mean, I've been to Europe many times, you know, but uh, outside of that, and numerous trips to Mexico with you, me, and your mom. um, And a little excursion into Africa. I haven't been to too many other places but that in the Soviet Union, of course. So I'd still like to visit places like Israel. You know, uh, I'd like to visit Egypt. I'd like to visit India. I'd like to go to Machu Picchu, where you've been.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like the one (laughs) thing. But Israel is like like your top, right? Isn't that what Uh, you said?
1: Israel is, is probably the next one I'm hoping to do first.
0: And I'm going.
1: I I'd, I'd really, I'd really like to visit there and, and uh, see the birthplace of Christianity, basically. And uh, you know, I just have a high regard for the, the nation of Israel itself, so I would like to see that. Um, and then after that, I'm not sure. Egypt, maybe. Egypt, maybe. The pyramids. Uh, of course, I'd like to see the Great Wall of China. I'd like to visit Japan. Um, uh, um, places that I've been to that I, I didn't really quite get to when I was in Europe were th- like Pompeii. I'd like to visit Pompeii.
0: I did actually go yeah, there on my honeymoon. Been
1: there, yeah. I'm very jealous of her for having been <laughs> to Pompeii. You've and, been
0: to Morocco and, and, <laughs> and, and
1: Machu Picchu. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are that was that, you know, that's a pretty nice place to visit. I mean, yeah very different
0: all right so um we're gonna wrap this up here soon um last little last little question here is do you have any last um recommendations for people that are you know when it comes to taking time out of their busy routine to pursue their passions and see the world do you have any recommendations for our our listeners today
1: well i think that one thing is that you should travel some when you're young you know before you start a family and settle down and get wrapped up into the daily world um
0: because, gap years well, are would yeah, be nice <laughs> once you
1: start a career and you start a family it's i think it's a little bit harder to move around and get to go all the places you want to go i I think it's a good idea to try to travel a little bit when you're younger. you know you don't have to travel the world or do all that stuff, but it's i think it's good it's it's it it uh it expands your perspective of things to to travel. That's that's one of the great things about travel, is you get to meet interesting people and really expand your awareness of everything that's going on around, in different parts of the world and different cultures and things like that. And then uh, I think you should also, but even while you're kind of you know building your family and growing your family and, you know, doing the everyday workaday world. Uh, you know, you should try to travel here and there once in a while, you know, every couple of years if you can manage it, go someplace new uh, don't save it all till when you retire <laughs> because you may not make it there, like I'm so, sort of finding out now, you know I especially hope to do a lot more traveling uh, in retirement with the expectation I'd live a, a good long life and uh, now I'm not so sure how much longer I'm gonna be around, but so i may have to condense some of my traveling at this point but uh i'm still planning on getting some more in uh so that's what i would say is do some when you're young do some take some time out from your uh your busy life as you as you uh as you go through life to do some traveling
0: right and that's the- it's
1: just in the united states visiting some of the The national parks and things like that, that's always great to see. There's a lot to see in this country, a lot to see and do.
0: Yes, that's right. So, yes, bottom line is take the time and, you know, just, you know, don't get too caught up in your daily routine. Take that time to get there um, because there is so much to see and do. All right. Um,
1: stickers w- to put on the back of
0: your oh, car. Oh, yes. Get stickers <laughs> to put on top of your car. My dad actually followed my pattern. He's copying me. He has stickers from travels all over his Jeep. Yeah, and
1: Lane has stickers all over the back of her car from, that she started collecting when she was doing her study abroad in Germany. And she had those stickers on her car for many years. And then when we started doing road trips. And it wasn't actually until our second road trip that I said, you know what, I'm going to start buying stickers for my Jeep, too so I started, great
0: minds think alike
1: yeah so i started putting stickers on my car
0: people make fun of me but whatever well, at least people, i have my places people make <laughs>
1: comments about them you know you know like, they
0: assume uh, they're like some kind of weird political statement they're like "Ooh, stickers Ugh, that's trashy and then i'm like well they're from my travels and I'm like, oh okay
1: yeah and so <laughs> sometimes people comment on them and ask you about some of the places that you've been and you so have on good stuff.
0: stories to tell
1: yeah so it's it's nice
0: Okay. On um, really quick, everybody, um, because I didn't play a game last year or last week, uh, which was a problem and way out of character for me. I am going to do a little trivia, like random facts about Israel, in honor of my dad's desire to go to Israel. Um, I am going to start with a little question here. He doesn't know. He doesn't have really the answers. That's okay. I'm going to give you multiple choice. All right. So um, the life expectancy in Israel is among the highest in the world, with an average of how many years lived? What do you think, 76, 85, or 82?
1: What were my choices again?
0: 76, 85, or 82?
1: Well, um, that's a hard question to ask because usually women live longer than men. So, which... Average. Average for everybody? Yes. Uh, what was the highest one, 86? 85. 85. It's probably not the average is probably not that high. So 82, I'll say.
0: That's correct. (laughs) I put a little, uh, a little throw off there.
1: 82 is 85 was a little bit high, but 82 was certainly possible.
0: And also, despite the tough neighborhoods that many people do live in, they um, rank amongst the happiest people in um, Western nations. So that's just something that I read. It's it's Um, a
1: democracy.
0: Well, I just only
1: (laughs) democracy in the Middle East. Of course, they're happy.
0: Well, yeah. So anyway, my point is, is happy living long maybe something there all right next question what international chain is popular in most countries around the world but never did break the market in Israel is it McDonald's Starbucks or the grocery store IGA
1: um, well we don't hardly have any grocery IGA stores left in, <laughs> in True. Cincinnati so I'm gonna guess McDonald's Starbucks. Starbucks well. <laughs> there
0: really is a McDonald's everywhere. <laughs> and they're drastically different everywhere. depending on where they go. Right. All right, last question. Starbucks,
1: that's interesting. Yeah,
0: no yeah. Starbucks there. Ugh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Although the, I will say the coffee is a bit different well, depending you
1: know, on. I'm going to say something political about that. Oh
0: no, we're not going. Okay, we're not. We're not going to do that now. All right, I won't say um, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't want to go there. Um, okay. So um, yeah, I, I will say that the coffee is a bit different in different um, Starbucks. We, I tried to get it in Germany once, and they literally had to pull out the coffee maker um, to do like the slow drip because they just don't drink that type of coffee there and then when I had it, it wasn't the same all right last question uh, Israel is the only country today in the world that has more what now than 50 years ago landline telephones trees or religious establishments
1: well I'll bet it has more trees I'll bet it has more trees
0: oh boy like phones that, ringing that's
1: one of the yeah that's one of the things that Israel has always been doing is greening the desert so
0: the answer yes that's trees sorry guys they're calling my dad about the roof i told him not to answer because we're just about to be done anyway uh, <laughs> yes uh so trees you're right and again nature um living longer i've heard that there's a correlation so yeah there may be something to that too i don't know just a stretch it is trees interesting um all right guys that was the end of today remember to never stop traveling never stop doing what you love and always make time for the things that mean the most to you. And, um, you know, make your one days into two days. Get it? You get it? Today? Two days? Today's? Make your one days into two days? Ha uh-huh. ha, today's? I don't get it. Wait, okay, today, today, T O D A Y. Make your, one, <laughs> make your one days into two days. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. I just had green tea. It makes me hyper. All right. <laughs> I thank you, everybody. Um, please keep praying for my dad. He's doing very good. Um, and do. I
1: appreciate those prayers.
0: Yes. Now the public will know all about his journeys. Um, thanks, Dad, for sharing your journeys with everybody today and all of your wonderful knowledge. I hope that our listeners enjoyed.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, everybody, thank you for sticking with us through that rather lengthy interview. I hope you all were able to get some good stories and some good information about the world. And remember that your life is what you make of it. Remember that you have a choice in everything you do. And if you're feeling anxious or unsatisfied about something, there's always room for improvement. You know, if you fill yourself with positive vibes, if you fill yourself with people you love and friends you love and experiences you love, you'll always feel fulfilled. And ultimately that, that anxiety, that'll all fall away because you're doing what you love most in life. And remember to never blame external factors. You know, obviously there are things that are beyond our control, but ultimately what you can control is you. And... You know if you want something out of your life when you wake up in the morning say hey I'm gonna do this today you know it's every day is a new day so remember that your choices are yours and to never take time for granted because you never really know what's gonna be next in life so until then I hope everybody has a good week this week and remember don't do anything I wouldn't do because I do just about everything and I guess that really applies to everything except for booking a Cambodia flight and not checking your name. So don't do that. But everything else, don't do anything I wouldn't do, if that makes sense. Okay, everybody, see you next week. This is Marie-Elena, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today if you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week don't forget to subscribe to my channel otherwise you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com or you can check me out on Facebook slash purplehoodadventures Instagram or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco, and remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out.